Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here again with... Hey, I'm Jesse. It's true, it's Jesse. He's here. And this is part <coughs> three. What, what are you doing coughing during the broadcast? If you have to cough, just don't cough. We're doing a broadcast and you're you're coughing. So, so disgraceful. Anyway, so this is the third installment of our What We Watched in the Previous Month series. Today we're going to be talking about the things that we watched in January. I'm going to start with the first thing that I have, and that is the film The Age of Adeline. Have you ever heard of it, Jesse? No, I haven't. What's it about? I'll tell you what it's about. It's about Adeline, and she's in some interesting uh, accident that causes her to no longer age. So she lives and lives and lives, and she has to go on the run from the government and uh, fast forward a bit, and now she's at the point where her daughter is in her is a senior citizen at this point, and Adeline still looks you know, young and so she has to keep changing her identity, goes through various things, and she doesn't want to date anyone. Because, so every 10 years, right, she changes her identity and everything. So she doesn't go on dates or get connected with people. And this all comes back to the the regular, the normal. This is a personification of the human fear of connection because it's like, oh, you do you connect with this person but risk getting hurt. But I think that this risk is a part of life. And yeah, there's hurt in relationships, which I think, and Adeline learns this too in the movie, you have to risk that to get the relationship because she lived a very lonely life and was she happy i don't think she was very happy harrison ford is in it okay who do you know who that is? Is? did you just ask who who is that i said okay who else is in it who else is in it um blake lively played <clears throat> adeline and harrison ford plays one of the people the, that she was in a relationship with for a long period of time in the past and now at this point he's a much older man and he recognizes her and the person that is trying to be in a relationship with her at this time is is Harrison Ford's son. I think the main takeaway is you can't be afraid to have a relationship, even knowing that there will be hurt that comes from that. You have to accept the hurt that comes with it. And you have to realize that that's going to be part of any relationship. There will be pain and there, there will be not, not ideal moments. But uh, I think it's a very good film. It's a very sappy film. I really like the narration aspect, how the story was portrayed. I think Adeline was a very cool character, and it was fun. And it was it was a little sad, too. There were some scenes with, because, uh, you know, as she gets, as time progresses, everyone around her gets older, but she stays the same. It's this feeling of loss. And, you know, it's it's a very good movie. Have you never heard of this? Nope. Fascinating. Have you watched anything this month? No, I have not. been you a busy haven't. month. You haven't. Okay. Well, one more thing. What do you mean it's been a busy month? What do you do? work how is this month any busier than previous months i didn't have a christmas break a christmas break oh wow Je hear that folks jesse thinks he's so important because he gets a christmas break anyway <laughs> i'm only going to briefly talk about this then we're going to move on to the meat of this discussion but the 2022 film everything everywhere all at once which i refuse to say anything about because you need to go into this film knowing nothing about it so you can experience it yourself as I did because I've been avoiding everything and I finally got a chance to see it I was blown away it's a fantastic phenomenal film and I would be very very unhappy if it did not win the best picture award because I think it deserves that one and many other awards as well it was actually nominated for 11 of the Academy Awards uh, maybe it shouldn't win all 11 uh, I think uh, I don't know I haven't seen the others yet but uh, I haven't seen a lot of the others but definitely in my opinion one of the better films that have come out in recent years and it, it's an emotional film 
It's an action film, an adventure film. It's it's not really, it supersedes genre. It goes beyond the boundaries of genre and normal limitations. And there's a lot that gets covered in it. And there's a lot of messages and a lot of meaning behind it that I don't want to, I just don't want to talk about because it's so good. You have to experience it for yourself. Have you heard of it, Jesse? I've heard of it. I saw it got like good reviews on Letterboxd and all those other sites. Look at me. I'm Jesse. I check Letterboxd. Ha ha ha. Don't you have a Letterboxd too? I have a Letterboxd. Yeah, but I just use it to keep track of the movies I've seen. I don't read reviews. Like, I mean, I don't read reviews either. So I just see what the scores are. What do you mean you see what the scores are? You Like when you pull up a movie, we'll tell you like the rating. Anyway, next movie we're going to talk about, actually the third and final film I saw in the previous month is the film Sesevenin. 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 Uh, some people erroneously call this movie Seven, but it's, it is spelled S-E, the number seven, B-E-N. And etymologically speaking, you would pronounce that Sesevenin because you would read the number seven as the word seven. So se seven in se seven in se seven in Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Jesse, you've seen se seven in haven't you? Yes. Describe it to us. All right, so basically the main plot of the story is that there's two detectives, Somerset, who's played by Morgan Freeman, and Mills, who's played by Brad Pitt. They're trying to, like, investigate a case that first starts off with a overweight guy dead in a face full of a plate of spaghetti and the words gluttony is on the crime scene and then they're trying to figure out like what does this mean what happened to this guy and then later on they find another victim whose name is sloth because the word sloth was behind the guy's bed turns out the guy was still alive when they thought he was dead but he died not too long after well let me tell you something jesse Mm -hmm. the whole point when they come to realize this is that someone is going around killing based on the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins are wrath, greed, gluttony, envy, sloth, pride, and lust. So there's a, a murder going around and each of the murders is based on another one on one of these sins. And it starts off and detective Somerset, like Jesse said, played by Morgan Freeman, he's about to retire because he has given up on the city. He's like, this place sucks. I can't do anything to help this place. Crime everywhere. Uh, vile things happening everywhere for seemingly no reason. I'm going to get out. I'm going to retire and move far away. And then Brad's Pitt, Brad Pitt's character, Detective Mills, he's he's in, he's newer. Like he's just coming into this department. And he is looking at things like, oh, there's he's got a whole different perspective. He's got a wife. And his wife is played by Gwyneth Paltrow. And Brad Pitt's character doesn't know this, but she is pregnant. And as the story progresses, you see the dynamic and the contrast between Mill's views and Somerset's views. And it's really interesting. Jesse, continue. All right. So they then get to the point where they find the final killing who was pride. And it was a woman whose nose was cut off by the killer. And she had a choice as to whether or not to call for medical help or to take sleeping pills and commit suicide. She committed suicide Mm -hmm. and not called the helpline because she was that prideful of her face and of her appearance. And then not too long after the fifth killing, the killer himself turns himself in. Well, hold on a minute. You're more, more, the, the killing that disturbed me the most was the lust killing. Oh, yes, that one. And uh, I'm not going to describe that one, but it was very disturbing. And and I didn't... Um, most I was a little squeamish at that one. I was, it was a very disturbing scene. Uh, for those of you who are, do not like things that are disturbing, I'd advise you to no longer listen. But basically, the killer forced a man to put on a phallic device, a strap-on, uh, which was also a, a really sharp. It was a strap-on, but it was a knife, basically. And 
he forced this man to have sex with a woman while wearing this, which of course is going to end up being incredibly unpleasant, painful, and re resulted in the death of the woman. So very disturbing. If this scene isn't shown, the aftermath of the scene is shown. Very disturbing uh, concept, I think, and it really adds to the whole disturbing nature. And the killer, his whole motivation is to get people to pay attention. There's a scene where Detective Somerset is saying, oh, we don't want women to cry out for help. Women, That's not what he said. He said, women don't cry out for help. They cry out for fire. Uh, because they, the whole argument is someone is going to pay more attention to you if they think that they are also in danger. So there's a lot, lot going on here. But Jesse, we're at the part where the killer turns himself in. Yes, and it's kind of a spoiler for who plays the character, but I'm going to say who I mean, I don't think anyway. it's a spoiler. I mean, he's... You can just look that up and you'll see it. I know, but back when it was like marketed, like the actors who's Kevin Spacey, his name and credits was like out of the film until the film released because he requested that. It's true. Yeah, he wanted it to, make, to be a secret. So that way you'd be surprised. And going into the film, I figured he, I didn't know that was the case. I figured he'd be throughout the film, but his identity is kept hidden for most of the film. And then later on, he turns himself in, like I'd already said. And he had ripped off all or burned off all of his fingerprints or something. He's got no identity. He could. He obviously has a lot of money and resources, uh, but he has. It's never even revealed what his identity is. He goes by John Doe, uh, you know, because no one. That's what they call him because there's no way to identify him. There's no way to tie him to anything, and it's it's very interesting. He turns himself in, and he says that the two other sins have already been killed. And he will agree to confess everything and take them to the bodies, but only if Somerset and Mills go with him. Oh, we forgot to talk about also one of the victims that we missed was Greed. Greed was basically this lawyer guy who John Doe forces to cut off a pound of flesh, which is reference to, I forget what the name of the story is, but I believe it was by Shakespeare. Um, a pound of flesh? Yes. I'm not sure what you mean. Maybe that is a Shakespearean thing. I don't know. But I will tell you this. It reminded me of the uh, a film I've never seen, but I've heard of this film. It's an indie horror. Not really an indie. It's it's like a, one of those shock films. It's called Vile. And in the film Vile, one of the things that the trapped people, so a bunch of people are trapped and they cannot be released until the vials that are attached to their brain that come out the back of their skull, there's a sort certain secretion that the brain produces when the body's in immense pain. So for one of the things they have to keep cutting off their flesh uh, to try and secrete this extremely painful secretion into the vial. But I've never seen the movie because it doesn't sound appealing to me, but that's what it reminded me of. But, but yeah, so, and this, it brings an interesting point because John Doe is talking to the detectives in the back of the car and he, he makes the argument, did I really do anything bad? Did the people I kill was it were did they deserve to die like what were they contributing to society and he goes off like would anyone miss these people jesse remember this yeah and then later on he john doe is leading them to an undisclosed location which is like in a desert area and then i forget how it happened but john doe had someone deliver a package to the undisclosed location and then he gets Somerset to look inside the box, and the audience itself doesn't see what's inside the box, but it's strong. What's in the box? Yes, that's the movie where that meme comes from. But anyway, it's not shown to the audience, but it's strongly implied, and I think it's also confirmed, too, that what's in the box is the head of Mills' wife. I think I'm pretty sure it was confirmed, yeah. You don't need to see it, but it was confirmed. Because John Doe went to go kill his wife. That's true. He somehow killed the wife. 
and that was supposed to be the sin of envy because his wife was envious uh, or whatever. No, it was because John Doe was envy, That's envious right, of right. Mills's life. John Doe was envious of the life Mills had. And this is very interesting. If we go back earlier in the movie, the only reason that John Doe even is aware of Mills, because he, he swapped his plans. It was going to be someone else. But Mills and Somerset were able to use really illegal and unconstitutional methods to find the apartment that John Doe was associated with. And they broke into the apartment and they chase him down. And then Mills runs after John Doe and he has a chance. John Doe has a chance to kill Mills, but then just lets him go after, you know, punching him in the face or whatever. And then he changes his plans, shifts it to killing um, Mills, his wife. wife. Yeah. And the plan is to make Mills outraged so that Mills becomes the son of wrath and kills John Doe. Exactly. So all seven are accounted for, right? And then and then after Mills finds out that his wife's dead head is now in the box, and he also finds out from John Doe that his wife was pregnant, meaning that his unborn child was also killed as well. He goes up to John Doe and shoots him in the head. Yeah, and uh, and then Somerset decides not to retire. He he gets some motivation, and he's like, I think I'll stick around a bit longer and see if I can do some good here. A fun fact also about Seven, did you know that there was a comic book prequel miniseries told from the killer's perspective? I did not know that. Tell me about that. Yeah, so basically it just gives more insights as to why John Doe killed these people, and it gives some more background detail as to how the victims died. Like, for example, Gluttony, he specifically died because he was overeating too much, and then John Doe kicks him in the stomach, which ruptures his stomach, and he dies from that one. I believe that was mentioned in the film as well. Uh, was it not? I mean, it was shown in the comic, but I'm not sure if it was mentioned in it the might film. Not, it, it was not shown in the film, but I believe it might have been mentioned in the film. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? But, uh, yeah, Jesse, you didn't see any movies at all this month? Nah. Oh, also, while we're still on the topic of Seven, and did you know that Solace was originally going to be a sequel to that? Solace. Solace. Solace was supposed to be a sequel, but it was reworked into something else. Solace is not well received i actually really enjoyed solace it's got anthony hopkins as a psychic detective who big plot twist at the end major spoiler alert uh actually no this one's too good just just watch it on your own no spoilers for solace also fun fact this movie was also going to be called it eight it, what no, eight, no, you, would, you would pronounce that differently e-i e-i the number eight and then g-h-t so, so it would eight, be eight eight no 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 that's not how you would spell that it would be e-i-g the number eight, and then HT. So it'd be eight, eight, eight. Wait, no, that wouldn't work either. I think this really only works with the seven, and because of the vowels and the consonant placements in the English language, it's difficult to say a it word. Eight. It eight. No, no, it's E-I, so that'd be E, and then the word eight. 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 Well, the point is, the sequel was never made. None of the people were interested in it, and it was repurposed into another project, which is for the best, because oftentimes what will happen is the sequel for a lot of... There, there's a lot of really bad sequels out there that have nothing to do with the original film. For example, the sequel to American Psycho, American Psycho 2, uh, has Mila Kunis for some reason, and it has nothing, to, nothing at all to do with the first American Psycho, and it's just very peculiar and strange and... I don't know. It's an interesting little thing that happened. 
but yeah, Jesse didn't see any movies this year, so we're, uh, this month, so we're going to conclude with the recommendation. I think all three movies I saw this year should be seen, and if you can only see one of them, uh, you should see everything everywhere all at once, because I cried so much during that movie. It was like a form of therapy for me. I cried during the movie. When the movie was over, I went and took a shower and then cried some more in the shower. It's such a good movie with so many good messages, and without getting too heavily into spoilers, the concept that I talked about earlier in the age of Adeline, how you have to accept pain as a part of relationships. And you can sort of see a similar concept in everything, everywhere, all at once where I don't know. I don't want to get into it. So I don't want to rant and rave because I don't want to give anything at all away, but I would definitely recommend you watch that. And then maybe at some point we'll do a, we'll do a segment where we talk about the deeper meanings behind that film and, because you, could, I could just go on for a while about it, but I don't want to spoil anything because this is something you all need to experience for yourselves. Go into it with no predispositions. Go into see the, the side rant. Reading movie reviews before going to a movie is rather silly because yes. you're going into it with these expectations. You have to be a tabula rosa, blank slate. I learned that in a class. This I just I know some Latin. Is that Latin? What do you think, Jesse? I don't know. Jesse doesn't know. We're, we'll say it is. But you have to go in and you have to form your own opinions. Or what people do is they'll be reading Twitter throughout watching a movie or a show. Or they'll be doing some other thing. And these outside influences affect what your opinion of the actual experience is. So I encourage you to watch a movie without having any outside influences. So you can form your own opinion. Like don't look up the reviews before or after just, just watch the movie and then formulate your own opinions without help from anyone else if possible. Because a lot of people just parrot what they hear back or what they see. Oh, so-and-so says this movie is terrible. Yeah, now that you mention it, I didn't enjoy the movie. But did you enjoy the movie? Or are you just repeating someone else's talking point? Interesting thing to think about. Well, anyway, that's, uh, that's everything I watched movie-wise. Uh, and I definitely do recommend that you guys watch the seven as well. It's a seven in. It's a seven in. Very there true. we go. There's a documentary I watched this month, but I don't remember what it was. What was it? It was a documentary about something. What was it about? Um, documentary. But I will have something watched in February. Don't well, worry. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening. I'm Mike, and that was Jesse. That's me. And uh, yeah. This concludes uh, the third episode of the installment where we just randomly uh, ramble on for 20 minutes about what we watched in the previous month. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.